Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, it's Comets Insider. From down there on the ice, who do you think really made a difference in the first period? Definitely the hockey players, Chrissy. They were the ones who got all the scores. And then you got the goalie wearing every pad in the world and baseball gloves. He's working very hard, too. This is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop. AM 1310, 1350, 1230, the ESPNUR app, ESPNUR.com, Comets Insider, every Monday night, 7 p.m., here from Swifties, where you can take the shuttle to and from the game this coming Friday night if you're coming down to the Adirondack Bank Center. I am Scoop, Tom Coyne, your voice for the uh, Adirondack Bank Center during Comets Games is here as well, and we are joined by Tanner McMaster. What a week you have had. Amazing. You get the uh, ATO last week. You get a goal in your in you know your first game, your first professional goal. Uh, what a thrill that must have been, and what's it feel like to contribute to a win that the team needed so badly? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's been uh, it's been a crazy week um, with everything that's going on and leaving school and uh, coming here and. Um, to be able to contribute to that win and you know pop my first one, it was uh, it was an awesome feeling. Now, Tell us about that goal. Yeah, um, you know I, I was just trying to get to the net as much as possible in my first couple games, and um, you know the puck bounced off the back wall, and I was fortunate enough to be in the right spot at the right time, and um, you know I got I got a stick on it, and I was fortunate uh, for it to go in. So up in Toronto, it's yeah. like hockey capital of Earth. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, you know, I, I haven't played much hockey up in Canada with uh, playing in, in school in the States in the last four years. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, it was an awesome moment. For those who don't know, he wears number seven, left wing from Calgary, uh, played at Quinnipiac where you won uh, a championship. What was it like, the thrill of that? Yeah, uh, you know, we won the uh, ECAC uh, first time in school program history, and we went on to, uh, you know, play in the national championship game there. Um, but my four years there have, were, you know, were awesome. Uh, you know, I was lucky to play with a lot of great guys, and um, you know, I was very fortunate for that opportunity. I've noticed the press there is still following your progress here. You've obviously left an impression, and there's a lot of fan interest still to this day in, in your progress. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's always good when people are you know, keeping tabs on you, and you can see kind of that stuff. So uh, I enjoy that. Of course, playing ECAC hockey, you, you played in the neighborhood here, uh, down the road in, in, uh, at Colgate, uh, going back uh, east a bit at, at Union. Uh, so you're somewhat, I, I would imagine, familiar with the territory. A little bit, yeah, as much as uh, I, I think so. But, um, you know, I haven't really paid attention to the to the. Uh, territory too much, but I'm excited to kind of get to know the area and stuff like that. So, well, it is a big difference now going ECAC to uh, to the pro ranks. Well, what did you find out was that first adjustment as far as actually getting on the ice and the flow of play? Uh, first thing I'd probably say is you know just the guys are bigger and stronger. Um, you know, obviously that was what I noticed at the start, and um, obviously the speed's a bit faster. Everything happens you know just a little bit quicker, but uh, you know, after a couple shifts, I found myself, you know, getting getting used to it and uh, getting, you know, um, finding my play, um, working well with the, with the systems and stuff. So. And, and and getting to know your uh, your line mates, your teammates. Yeah, obviously, it's a pretty big change after you know playing with the team for four years and then stepping into you know a new team and playing with new guys and new systems like that. So. 
Um, you know, obviously that was a big change, but um, you know, I found that I could uh, adapt well and then got used to it pretty quick. So yeah, I, th- there's two other uh, uh, changes that I'd like to ask you about. Number one is you, you go from four years. Uh, college hockey, uh, and and just like every anyone else in in a school situation like that, you get to the fourth year, you're the king of the hill, you're the big man on campus. You take a short drive down uh, I ninety, and you're a late season rookie. A little bit of adjustment there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the first thing I noticed, um, you know, my first game was on the road, so. Um, as a senior, I'd be, you know, sitting in the back of the bus, right. you know, and then uh, after the, I came up here after the road trip, it was like freshman year all over again. I was at the <laughs> front, you know, sharing a seat, cleaning the bus after road trips. So, um, you know, just a week ago, I was, you know, that guy sitting in the back and, you know, now a week forward, I'm, I'm cleaning the bus and sharing a seat. So, yeah, it's kind of a cycle. Yeah, it is a little bit of a cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, too, is, and in, in you talked a little bit about the changes that go on um, as far as the game itself is concerned. And, and of course, um, going from uh, the bigger position to to uh, to being a late season, to being a rookie, late season or otherwise. But now, also, this is your job. I mean, you're getting paid. Um, it, 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 does that change the perspective on what you do on uh, both in the locker room, day of game, working out otherwise, practicing, and then performance shift after shift? Yeah, I mean, you know, especially coming into my senior year, I really wanted to focus on, you know, becoming a pro and doing the little things that it takes to be a good pro. And I think I did that throughout, you know, my, my last year pretty well. And I feel like it's adjusted. And, you know, obviously with, you know, next year and then moving forward, I do, you know, want to keep working on things like that to, you know, better myself and then make myself more into a pro hockey player. Yeah. With Tanner McMaster, new to your Utica Comets, uh, that's also the voice of Tom Coyne, voice of the ABC. And... I imagine just having got here last week, you're still living out of your suitcase. And so what's it like? How do you feel about uh, your new surroundings, uh, Utica, and your new teammates? Is there anybody in particular who's been a a big help? Anybody on the team who's really been a great help to you? Yeah, um, I think I just finished unpacking my bag the other day. But, um, you know, the guys have obviously been great, um, you know, with coming in, you know. You always look for, you know, guys, you know, taking you under their wing. And um, everyone's really been good. But I think uh, Banks and Wasey Hamilton, you know, have been have been awesome. Uh, being the older guys and me coming in, being the new guy, you know, uh, with playing with Wasey too, he's he's been a big help with out on the ice there. But the guys have always, you know, been awesome and, and very welcoming and uh, extremely friendly. So I'm a scoop. Uh, Andy Zilch, normally play-by-play voice on K-Rock, would be joining us for this broadcast. But I received a text shortly ago that he caught a stick in the face today and now requires some stitches. That's I know, a four-minute penalty. I, I, I know he's got his TV appearance on WPNY uh, oh later God, this week. Yeah, plastic surgery. Uh, what do you know about this incident? Uh, I was getting ready to come here, actually, and I got a text from him saying um, that he wouldn't be able to make it because he did get a stick to the... So you weren't there? You didn't see it? No, you know? I didn't see it. I just got a text uh, letting me know that he was off to go get stitches. So, How would you describe your game for Utica Comets fans who are just now getting acquainted with you? Um, I'd say I, I'm a skilled guy that you know likes to... Work hard, go to the net, uh, make plays. Um, you know, I like to play on the edge. Um, 
but yeah, I think I'm, I'm a uh, you know guy with skill that can make plays and uh, goes to the net hard, hardworking guy. So going to the net and going into the corners um, at the AHL level is got to be a world of different because you talked about you got guys that are bigger you got guys that are also older you got some guys that are out there play already got five six seven years of ahl level experience guys who've maybe gotten a, a 50 80 games at the nhl level um no trepidation about going into those corners i mean you got to do it um but yeah i definitely noticed my first couple games just guys are just got heavier and, and stronger and it's it's just harder to get to the net and win those battles in the corner so obviously i gotta work on that aspect of my game on, on getting bigger and stronger but um no I, I that was the biggest difference was you know the um the pace of the play and how, how big and strong guys are and how hard it is to win battles and how strong you gotta be to win battles and get to the net you're an alberta kid so you signed with a british columbia team yeah. No hesitation. My parents have been, uh, <laughs> and brother have been, you know, Vancouver Canucks fans their whole life, so that was pretty funny. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Did you grow up a Canucks fan as well? I didn't, know. I, uh, uh, all my rest of my family's from BC, and my, my parent, and I'm from Alberta, so I, uh, I was a Montreal Canadiens fan. Okay. Oh my, all right, you got to explain this one. How do you get... The Canadiens. I would. I would thought he was going to say the Flames. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I and, and the Flames would be fine. I mean, that's cool. My favorite player Jerome growing McGinley. up was uh, Saku Koivu. I was okay. always a big Koivu fan, so uh, that's why I was a Canadiens fan. So. Growing up in in Canada, as a young hockey fan, do you have a favorite hockey night in Canada moment from grow, growing up and watching the games on? CBC. Is there a particular series, perhaps? I don't know if I have a particular series, but I'd say probably my my favorite moment was the uh, Sidney Crosby golden goal. Whenever I see that, I kind of get chills, and you know uh, that was that was an incredible goal, and I'll always remember that for sure. I'll tell you, Tom. I uh, think back to a hockey night in Canada series. I lose the playoffs, seventies, Philadelphia and Toronto. Yeah. Which was it was it was a bloodbath. Well, I'll tell you, one of my favorites on that, and it, and it was a it was a, a a double overtime Stanley Cup game, and ironically enough, it involves Greener, uh, Travis Green, the former comic coach, now coaching in Vancouver, and he. Um, Oh, no, actually, it wasn't Philadelphia. It was it, no, no, it was Philadelphia. He scored the game winner, double overtime on a backhand uh, at 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 the ACC. And the place just went absolutely berserk. He had a goatee, and you didn't have the mullet. He had the goatee, so he transferred the uh, <laughs> transformed the hair, his look exactly there. the hair appearance. But and then there was another one against Ottawa, where uh, behind the net he uh, boarded Chris Neal, and um, they were talking, going back to the box, and Neal gave him a, a, a whack, and was getting to two minutes on that, and they were jawing. And uh, Darcy Tucker came over and literally got into into the bench for uh, Ottawa's bench and started going after Senators. And then from over Tucker's shoulder, literally flying into the bench was Green, who you never thought was, you know, really a scrapper. But um, that and, and, of course, uh, Grapes' jackets. Right. Well, those are fantastic. Yeah, it's like, looks like he you know, ripped off some grandmother's... Couch, no, he in went her, to, couch in her family room and yeah, made a suit out of it. He you know? went to a, one of the old drapery shops that was having a going out of business sale and got about a season and a half out of it. 
So we are with Tanner McMaster of your Utica Comets. New to the team, that is Tom Coyne. Rain has the night off. He is vacationing. Uh, if you're just joining us now, we'll have this all podcasted uh, shortly after the broadcast. You're, now that you're on with us, I'm sure your family will get a chance to listen to this on the podcast. Tell us about your family. Give them a hello and uh, a shout-out. Yeah. Um, they've always been great supporters of me. Um, you know, they've supported me. Um, you know, every step of the way, uh, and I appreciate for everything they do. Um, my father, Kevin, mother, Patty, and my brother, Nathan, thank you guys. So, When did you start playing hockey? I was young. I think I started skating around three because my brother's four years older than me. Okay. So he... Uh, he, he played? He played, yeah. So I kind of got all his hand-me-down gear and... Um, I was and kinda, it didn't dry? No, I was kind of born. <laughs> I was kind of born right into it, so it was good. I know how that works. So arguably, Tom, the, the game yesterday probably looked like the toughest one of the weekend. Yeah. Yet Thatcher Demko stands on his head. You get 38 saves, and really the team had to have this win. It was a big win. Yeah, and it was it was vitally important, I think, um, for one, to purely just stop the bleeding. Um, you know, they, they taking the L at home in the fashion that they did against Laval, um, which really isn't that bad of a hockey team. Good heavens, I, I listened Saturday night to the uh, uh, Canadiens and Maple Leafs game at the ACC, and as I was listening to the game on the radio, it, the joke was made by the play-by-play guys in Toronto that this looked more like the Laval rocket than it did. The, and sure enough, it, it really was. They had Lindgren was in the net, and uh, they had a couple of other guys in there. Uh, uh, Houdon was in there, and, and uh, it, it really looked like uh, the Laval rocket team was on the ice up there. Um, and yet Laval the night before made us look, you know, not all that impressive. Then you go up to uh, Belleville, and they're scraping uh, and, and take an L there, and, you know, it was just an important victory for them to come up with and for, uh, I, I think, for Demko to get get that kind of a boost, to have that kind of a game uh, in, in Toronto uh, is big. Given your ringside seat, I want to harken back to Friday night. The shorthanded goal, the penalties seemed to do in the Comets. Laval was 3-for-6 on the power play. The Comets failed to score on the power play. Special teams hurt the Comets, obviously. Dylan Bluges hits the post. He, and yeah. if that, that goes in, the rest of that game could possibly have an entirely different complexion. And then you have Chris Terry getting three points for the Rocket. Yeah. I, I think when you look at that game and Saturday's game and Sunday's game, we at least got two goals in all of those games. And it appeared to me there was some improvement offensively. What's your take on there, that? There was some improvement offensively. But you know what the biggest thing is? In, in, and I, I can't track back to the Saturday-Belleville uh, game. But um, take a look at the Friday game. Take a look at the Sunday afternoon game. The biggest difference is we didn't spend time in the penalty box. And that just that just kills you. And th- there were a couple of times. It was a five on three we had uh, Friday night. Um, it, yes, offense started to look better when they had the puck and they had a full five on the ice. But you, you're not going to do anything with as much time as we were in the box. And it's and it just takes away whatever momentum you're trying to build up. That's that's murder. And then when you give up a shorty. You know, three power plays in a shorty is is a killer, an absolute killer. That's a that's a big mountain to climb. And then Saturday Saturday night in Belleville, you've got WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley 
part of the ceremonial puck drop, but it just seemed like every time uh, the Comets would answer uh, and maybe tie the game up, and they never led, but every time they'd get back in it, uh, they'd give up a, a goal, even, even though they, they got three that night. Yeah, and and we've seen where they've where even getting one on the board has been yeah. a struggle at times. So, so. That's, that's why I feel a little better about the weekend, even though we only got one W yeah. out of it and two points. But uh, we are with Tanner McMaster live at Swifties. This is where you want to take your shell to and from the game Friday night. So many beers on tap. Great food. Comets and cider. I'm Scoop. We'll be back with more from Swifties, ESPN Utica Rome. Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, this is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Rain vacationing tonight. I'm Scoop Tom Coyne, your voice of the Adirondack Bank Center Comets Games. He is here in Tanner McMaster here as well. Uh, Comets Insider brought to you by Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light. Dilly dilly. Uh, Tanner, you mentioned Saku Koivu and that you're a Montreal or grew up at Montreal Canadiens fan. Who were some of the other hockey players you looked up to as a kid? Um, always been a huge Sidney Crosby fan, too. Um, you know, just, um, you know, how dominant he is and how hard he works at every aspect of his game. It's, you know, hard not to look up to someone like that. So, And in the best of all worlds, obviously what you'd like to achieve is to get up to Vancouver and play for the Canucks. What, what are you hoping to get out of this experience in Utica, and what would you like to achieve this year as a player? Absolutely. Um, you know, just like I said earlier, you know, try and get that taste of pro hockey, um, you know, with playing four years of college. Um, coming here is kind of a, a little bit of a change, and, um, you know, learning the, the lifestyle of a pro hockey player and what it takes to, you know, be good for a full season as a pro hockey player. Um, you know, if I can take some things away from that, that'd be huge. So, you know, going back to college, um, you, you come out of uh, uh, out of Alberta, out of the Calgary area, and and it's hockey's religion up there. You know, you get the second game of the hockey night in Canada, doubleheader. Um, but you get into you go play your college hockey in a hotbed of hockey here in New England. You got you know BU, BC. You've got uh, obviously Quinnipiac. Merrimack had a pretty good program. Even some of the the UMass schools, Lowell. Uh, so you got right into it. That must have been uh, an easier adjustment in hockey heaven uh, playing up there in New England like that. Absolutely. Um, you know we played a lot of good teams with with Quinnipiac, and you know they're. Uh, uh, they're a really good program now, and you know they play a lot of good teams. So within my four years, I got to play you know a lot of a lot of good teams: BC, BU, uh, UMass Lowell, all those teams that you talked about. So you got one of those guys is now a teammate. It must be better to see him uh, in your net than having to go up against Demko. Absolutely, yeah. Like you guys said, um, you know, last night he was a stud in that with the 38 saves and. Uh, he made a couple of really big stops that, you know, kept us in the lead and then were real game changers. So, Compare Thasher uh, to some of the other goaltenders that you had seen in college. Yeah, I Because you, you haven't had a chance to go up to uh, against them over in a while, but... Uh, and if you've seen anything in, in practice that has changed in his game. Yeah. I think I only played him... I think we played him in the Frozen Four... Um, but yeah, no, he's a he's a really good goalie, and we I played two years with uh, Michael Gartag, right? Who played here too? So, um, yeah, no, he's he's a big he's a big boy, you know. He's uh, he's able to get across post to post real easy, and you know he takes away the bottom of the net pretty well. So, 
Um, he doesn't know, give up very many rebounds. No, he doesn't. No, and uh, you know, I think playing with uh, with Gartsy there for two years, um, you know, I felt like he 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 was one of our huge contributors to that Frozen Four run there. So, um, you know, I think they're they're really both really good goalies. So, what do you like to do to relax, Tanner? How do you have fun? I mean, I'm a huge uh, binge watch Netflix guy. You what do you know? What do you binge watch? I'm a huge The Office fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've loved that show for for a couple of years now. But well, then you know the Utica tradition, then. I do not. Okay. Well, keep well, in mind they they Dunder Mifflin opened up a second branch. Oh, the uh, the uh, crossing borders there. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they were in Utica. Yeah. And you'll hear that chant. At the at the Adirondack Bank, and they'll actually play that clip. They actually but you do. They play it on the on the big screens there. But you're busy listening to Coach, so you're yeah. probably not. <laughs> yeah, gonna, no. you're not going to hear well, any of I'll that. I'll have to look out for that. So, so you like to binge watch The Office? Uh, what else have you watched on Netflix that uh, takes up your time when you're relaxed? I mean, I watch uh, Breaking Bad. I'm a big uh, video game player. Um, have you played uh, NHL with Thatcher? He's notorious. I haven't yet. No, uh, you know Fortnite. You uh, I need to play in on that. Yeah, <laughs> with being a with being a student, I'd like to say you know schoolwork. Um, but uh, yeah, big video game guy, big TV show guy. So, no, what, what do you do now, school? As far as that goes, because so uh, yeah. here you got a job. Yeah, you don't have uh, to study anymore. Yeah, this I had is, a, uh... I had a couple classes this semester, kind of just filling classes. Uh, I think I'm only one class away from graduating. I did uh, summer courses and, and January courses there to work ahead. So. Um, Finishing up a couple classes online, and um, I'll be getting my degree in May. So excellent! Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's at Wilkesbury, a seven p.m. puck drop at the Adirondack Bank Center Saturday. You're in Syracuse, which is a big rival for our Utica Comets. What have your teammates said, and how have they filled you in about the? flavor of this rivalry and how ugly it gets. And you'll go down there to Syracuse War Memorial and you'll hear Utica chants there Saturday night, which is kind of a cool thing. But what have they said to you about this rivalry? Um, to be honest, I really haven't heard much. Um, I know I, I got a couple uh, buddies on that Syracuse team. Um, ben Thomas, who I grew up playing with, and, and Matt Pekka, who I played my freshman year with, who's been up and down with Tampa there. But um, no, I haven't heard much, but I'm uh, you know excited to, to see the rivalry. In the short time that you've been here, what sort of direction and guidance have you received from Coach Call and the coaching staff? Um, you know, just just play my game, you know, not to come here and then try to do anything I, I didn't do in, in college, um, you know, not stray away from anything. And um, just because I'm on a different team doesn't mean I have to change anything in my game. So kind of just sticking to the basics and then keep things simple. I'm sure after you've been in Utica a while, you'll get a chance to try the Utica Ricky Riggies and the Half Moon Cookies and uh, a lot of the things that are Utica staples uh, that very often don't fit into a professional hockey player's training regimen, unfortunately. Oh, you can but, fit Riggies in there. Yeah, you could probably you can you know, make an argument just, on that. You probably can't do it a couple nights Routinely. a week. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Tom. No, I was just going to... Uh, 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 you know where school was going with that is uh, you know um, the guys haven't had a chance really yet to acclimate you to uh, to very much, but um, I do remember some rookies coming in and and for the first time being pros on their own um, and making the abs- the personal adjustments. Now, being a student, 
it, it's not that you know it, it'd be different if you're coming out of juniors with a billet family than having been on your you know on campus so you're already used to doing your own laundry you're already used to doing all that other stuff but are there other adjustments that you've you've found it's relatively new but still yeah i mean um my junior and senior year i i lived in a house with with uh my buddies so um, I think on that aspect, you know, you got to make your own meals, you got to do your own laundry, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, you and know, you also have to make judgments on what you should or should not do, right? Prior to practice or games, right? Yeah, it's you know, it's the little things. Either it's you know, uh, eating the right things, you know, making the right choices, you know, stretching, you know, doing the little things. And I think, you know, throughout the year, I've, I've kind of focused on those things as I know, you know, that's what it's going to take to be to be a good pro. So so you got a goal in the game with Toronto, your first professional goal, but you skated against Belleville. What was that first shift like? It was it a blur. I hear a lot of guys describe their first shift in the NHL very often as a blur because of the excitement. Um, some guys have said they just don't want to screw anything up. How, how did you approach it? How did you feel? What was the experience like yeah it was uh it was pretty crazy i mean you know just a week before that i was i was playing college hockey and um you know within a week i was up playing with uh with utica there but um you know i I really tried focusing on just being relaxed and and playing my game and, and and not doing anything different but i definitely could tell you know i was my hold my stick a little tight and you know didn't want to make any any mistakes out there but i think after a couple shifts you know you find yourself relaxing a bit and getting into the groove of things so when does that whirlwind hit you that you've been through when you're on these bus rides to to different towns uh, i mean it's been and granted it it's only been a couple of days but you know that whirlwind of you know just a week ago i was a college hockey player yeah i mean it was pretty crazy like i kind of noticed it um warm-ups against belleville um, I kind of just, you know, sat back and, and thought there, like, a couple of days ago I was playing college hockey and now I'm here. It was, it was pretty surreal and uh, I was super excited, so. You're not only just coming in and playing pro hockey, you're playing in the midst of a playoff run. You've got a, a club that... You know, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch, but uh, are looking pretty good as far as their playoff concern. So now they're starting to clean things up, getting things ready, preparing. Um, Sunday you go in against, if, if the playoffs were to start today, the team that you would be taking on, uh, the Toronto Marlies, who have just been ripping things up uh, in the A this season. Did you do any any scouting in that drive down I ninety? Did you did you give any? What am I getting into? What's this club like? What have they been doing? Where are they at? Um, I kind of you know just looked at the at their record. I, I noticed that they were obviously doing really well, um, but I hadn't really done any any previous scouting. But you know at at either like whatever league things are going to amp up you know toward the end of the year so um i knew it was going to be you know a hard test um but like i said earlier i I didn't really want to overthink things i kind of just wanted to go in there with you know with the mindset that um i just got to play my game and then not change anything up so i think saturday 
Saturday is going to be a wild experience for Tanner in, oh, in different, Syracuse. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's going to be a whole nother level of this experience that you're, you're graduating through. Tanner McMaster of your Utica Comets. Here's hoping you get a few more goals. This, Absolutely, this, this weekend. Hopefully, um, we are live from Swifties. So many beers on tap. So many uh, good, delicious items on the menu. You know, you can go to and from the games with the shuttle here at Swifties on Genesee Street. Tom Coyne is joining us. Rain is vacationing. We will return with more Comets Talk. Comets Insider back in a few minutes on ESPN Utica Rome. This is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop, broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Brought to you by Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light. Dilly Dilly. Rain vacationing. Tom Coyne, your voice of the Adirondack Bank Center Comets Games. Uh, he is here. And thanks to Tanner McMaster for popping in and letting us get to know him. New to your Utica Comets. And, and, and Tom, the, the same day that that ATO was offered to Tanner McMaster, the, the Comets offered a PTO again to Vincent Arsenault. Yep. Uh, he had a goal and assist over eight games, provided some physicality. I believe we got six Comets players now on PTOs. Yeah. What do you think this that young man, Vincent, has to do to stick with the club? Um, I think that he, you know, he needs to uh, continue to play physical. Let's face it, when Archie went up, um, they lost a very strong physical presence. And I, 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 there's uh, Comrie throws it around. Uh, uh, McEwen has been... Uh, thrown it around uh, but it's hard to replace the physical play that that uh, Darren Archibald brought to that team shift after shift whenever he was on the ice if a kid like uh, Vincent Arsenault can can bring some of that back can recover some of that back he doesn't have the offensive weapons that uh, that Archie does but if he can bring some of that physicality back and maybe open the door for some of the other guys on his line to uh, to maneuver give them some space because he's plowing through That'll help. That will help. I'll have you expound on a name that you mentioned there. You know, we had Tanner McMaster's first professional goal. Then 18 seconds later in the game with Toronto, Zach McEwen yep. gets a go-ahead goal. Huge goal from a guy who continues to perform well, and he's very much on the Canucks radar. And, and uh, he should be. And he's a young kid. I don't know if he's necessarily ready, and and I know that – with the kind of season that the Canucks have been having, people up there, particularly in the press, have been talking more and more and will look more and more to Utica uh, for options. But when you look to Utica, you're seeing a lot of guys that are on PTOs, a couple of ATOs. You've got um, a lot of guys that are still young yet and are going to need at least another season of American Hockey League play to be able to get to the level that they're that they're really capable of performing at the NHL level. And, and you know, Zach, as great as he is, it's a progression for him, as, or as Tanner, or rather as uh, Travis Green would say, a process. Um, and he's not, I don't know if he's necessarily there yet, but he is a kid to keep an eye on. He's, he's got a lot of potential. Tell you who had a great weekend was Cam Darcy. Yeah. Got a lot of points. Uh, he's been on the show previously. 
He's around the net. He's making things happen. And and he's moving the puck. Uh, and he when he gets across the blue line on the attack, he's going right to the front where exactly you want him to. Um, let's face it, with, with Joseph LeBate still out of the lineup, um, that's a role that and, – and Archie used to do it too. That's a role that, that needs to get filled. We've seen where uh, Cole Castles has played that role. We've seen where uh, McEwen has played that role. It, it, it's getting to the net. It's crashing in front. It's creating that kind of – it's simple hockey. For heaven's sakes, that, that's you know Don Cherry hockey. Get in front of the net, put the screen up. Goalie can't see you. Fluster them. You know, even in the in this era of goaltender interference, um, if you still put the back and and all that goaltender sees is your numbers, you've done your job. Last week there was a big buzz about this, and there has been, you know, back a few weeks as well. But Thatcher Demko, yeah, starting for the Vancouver Canucks. There's a lot of fans lobbying for sure. that. Um, you think that's going to happen? No. I don't know. Now I. I, I I think maybe the window has passed on I that. think the window has passed on that, and, there, and there's two reasons why. A, there's only um, 10 games left for Vancouver in the NHL season, and then they're done. And B, um, the Comets are still in the thick of things. They haven't locked up their playoff you know, position yet. Uh, what good would it do? Other than maybe one or two games, what good would it do in, in the overall scheme of things in the career of either Thatcher Demko or the fortunes of the Vancouver Canucks to bring him up? I don't, I don't see where it benefits any, either, either one at this point. I think the fans want to see him, but how does that benefit the organization? If he goes it, it up there and he, and he has a great game, then the fans are going to be screaming for him more. If he has a bad game... Then you got to deal with the, the emotion of that. That's not a... That's a that's a real gamble. And, You're absolutely it, right. It just doesn't seem like uh, a, a good situation no. for the Canucks to put themselves in at this point. Spend the money and, and get the AHLlive.com and watch, <laughs> watch him in one of the comic games. So I, I'd like to get your thoughts on Cal O'Reilly now surpassing oh, 500 points. Calvin is just such a great guy, you know. And and here's the thing about him: when you watch him, you you. Um, I'm not going to draw a comparison because it, it, it is wrong to do so, and I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that um, that they are the similar. But Matt Sundin used to get out there on the ice, and he would just smoothly glide along, and the next thing you know, he's in the right position, and the puck is on his stick, and, it, and he's got his arms raised because he's put it to the back of the net. Cal is not the same type of goal scorer, but in in style of play, he is just as fluid. He is just as smooth. He does, It never looks like he's exerting, but the next thing you know, the puck is on his stick, and he's making a pass to guys who are open, and he's getting an assist, and he's getting an assist, and, and he's just... From that end of things, that's that's what made uh, Cal O'Reilly uh, over 100 NHL games, and and then all this AHL wonderful career. He's just such a value to, and you'll notice every place he goes, he ends up with a C on his chest. So that's that's testimony alone to the kind of player he is. Friday was the Comets' fifth anniversary All Star Team poster giveaway. Cal O'Reilly, yep, on that poster: Reed Boucher, Darren Archibald, Bobby Sanguinetti, Alex Biega. And Jacob Markstrom. I thought that was a pretty good list. That is a pretty good list. Comets all-timers. Who would be the next guy that you would throw on that? Uh, 
That's a good question. Um, gee whiz, I'd have to, I'd have to mull that over. I, I'm on the on the spot. I'm I'm at a loss. But yeah, and, you know, because Grenier a, might get some consideration. Might, Grenier might get some consideration. Um, I, you know, you might give. Uh, you got. Guys like DeFazio and Peltier and names like this, and you know, um, but then you also, you know, you take a look at some other guys uh, uh, defensively. You know, I think if Holm had stuck around for a little while longer, you might be giving him some serious consideration. Sven Berchi, you know, you know gave, gave us a lot of uh, good memories Sven here. Did, Sven did, even, even though short lived. And, and Corey Conacher for the short yeah. period of time, uh, he was here just as long as Sven was. Um, but you're right, those are a couple of guys that would be in there too. And, and, it's uh, it, it's it's hard um, to think of who else you would throw into that list, uh, you know. And and Demko in, in in the two seasons has you know has earned some spot uh, and some consideration. He could be considered for that list. Yeah, Absolutely. you know, I, I still would all, love Markstrom. I think that the overall game, as he progresses, as he seasons. Thatcher will surpass that. Yeah, and I think he's he's got more upside. At I this, think he does at this po- point. Uh, Tor- Toronto and Syracuse have locked up spots in the postseason. I want to talk to you about that when we come back. Yep. We are live from Swifties. It's me, Scoop Rain, vacationing. Tom Coyne, your voice of the Comets games, your PA announcer at the Adirondack Bank Center. We're live at Swifties, ESPN, Utica, Rome. Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, this is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Brought to you by Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light Dilly Dilly Rain Vacationing. Me, Scoop, with Tom Coyne, your PA public address announcer at the Adirondack Bank Center. If you're just tuning in, we will have the podcast of this broadcast uh, at ESPN UR on Twitter and on the ESPN UR Facebook page as well. Yeah, we were talking before we hit the air about how the way the parent clubs, the NHL parent clubs, and their fortunes in the playoffs right. affect what they're going to do on the AHL level. Yep. And we've got Toronto and Syracuse that have locked up spots Pretty in, the, much, po- in yeah. the postseason. You being a Maple Leafs fan, I wanted to get some of this perspective. Uh, what we may see from the Marlies here on out, and, and what do you think we'll see? Well, from keep the in mind the, the Marlies have also locked up theirs. So th- Toronto, uh, so the Leafs could call a couple of Marlies up as they have recently um, to rest players uh, and, and not hurt the Marlies at the AHL level. Um, that may well happen. Their their roster is locked in for the playoffs, so it wouldn't hurt them. You, when you got some other clubs, though, see that'd be different than Vancouver calling up that. Exactly. You know, in, in in that situation, you've got a team that is your AHL club is driving toward a playoff berth. Your NHL club is out of it. Um, there's no benefit to it. It's some of the mid-range teams that will be uh, rather of interest uh, going in. I mean, Buffalo's done. So I don't expect you might see uh, one or two of the Amherst, though, uh, going on up um, just to relieve and get a, get a little look. But from the from the North Division, I don't think it'll have that much of an impact. It, it, it's the parent clubs. Their their fortune is pretty much set right now in, in the ups and the downs. And their their AHL teams are pretty much set too. the Amherst are pretty well in. Utica's pretty well in. Syracuse and, and, and Toronto, the and Marlies have already locked theirs up. So 
you know, maybe a call up here, a call up there. It would be just a little shining. You mentioned in the last segment about how uh, Vincent Arsenault, who got a PTO again last week, could possibly stick around if he brings some of the physicality that the Comets lost yeah. when Darren Archibald went up to the Vancouver Canucks. We sure could, if, if we could get Brendan Woods off oh. the injury list, that would certainly help. I, yeah. I, I miss that guy. You, you miss him. You miss, you miss also the physical presence of a guy like Joseph LeBate. You know, um, the, this has been a, a – I know that there, there's a lot of frustration among Comet fans, those who are at the, uh, at the ABC, those who are following the team along. Uh, I can understand that. I can appreciate that. If you take into consideration, though, the ups and downs, the roller coaster that this has been, this is as, as nuts, if not more so, than what was experienced last year. And that's a real – a testament to the to the ability of these the willingness of these guys to play the game and of Trent Cull to get the most out of that team. Andy Zilch would have been here, but supposedly he caught a stick he, in the face tonight. Four He's minute, getting stitches. Four minute high sticking. So look for that on WPNY Thursday night with Lucas Frankel Comets face off uh, eight thirty p.m. Thursday night. Uh, maybe you'll see a few stitches on maybe. Andy's face. Blacks and blues. I'm excited about the seventy two Tavern and Grill and hoping I would ask Andy about this. That it'll be open for Fan Appreciation Weekend that kicks off Friday, April 13th with Syracuse. Uh, another one of those Galaxy be close. games. So I'm, I'm hoping. It is Comets Insider. I'm Scoop. Go Comets!